Kelly Sue Kilcullen was born to parents Joyce and James in upstate New York. In 1999, she married Jason Ackernight, and the two would soon have a little girl, Ashley. Kelly Sue was the breadwinner of the family and worked as a supervisor at a local Rite Aid store in Amsterdam, New York. She was also very active in her daughter's school, including cheerleading and the PTA. She was a busy woman. In September of 2008, Kelly Sue went to work as normal. She would leave work that night at 9.30 p.m., locking up the store and leaving at the same time as her fellow co-worker. Kelly Sue got in her car and drove off. A few hours later, Kelly Sue's car was found just a few blocks from her house on fire. But Kelly Sue was nowhere to be found. Where is Kelly Sue Ackernight? Welcome back to the Where Are They podcast. If you are new here, our goal is to share the stories of the missing, the stories that need more attention and more exposure. I'd like to give a quick welcome to our newest Patreon member, Evie. Thank you so much for supporting us and our charity partners. This month, proceeds from Patreon and merch sales will go to Texas EquiSearch a great search and rescue organization that helps missing person cases all over the U.S. Today's episode is also sponsored by Movement and Meals and Hydronique Hydration. Thank you for checking them out and supporting our sponsors as well. This story, the story of Kelly Sue Ackernight from Amsterdam, New York, might sound familiar to you, especially if you have been a longtime listener. We actually covered Kelly Sue's story back in November of 2020. Not only did we cover Kelly Sue's case, it was actually our first ever episode. I wanted to cover her story again because we've learned a little bit more in this past year and a half since then, and it's a story that definitely deserves more attention. It's also worth noting that our original production might have been lower quality and didn't sound very good. So let's do Kelly Sue's story justice here and now. Kelly Sue Ackernight was born Kelly Sue Kilcullen in 1972. Not much is really known about her home life. She did have siblings. And there have been some online rumors, at least, that their childhood growing up wasn't easy. She would grow up in the Johnstown, New York area and would attend Fonda High School, where she graduated in 1992. In 1999, she met and married Jason Ackernight. Shortly after they married, Kelly Sue gave birth to a baby girl they would name Ashley. They moved to Amsterdam, New York, a suburb about 10 miles from the Johnstown area where she grew up. And Kelly Sue was a very dedicated mom. She volunteered with the PTA and with the youth football and cheerleading organization that her daughter was a part of. 
she was well known within the school and especially with the other parents and well liked. Kelly Sue was also a very hard worker and in 2008 she was currently working as a supervisor at the local Rite Aid pharmacy in Amsterdam. Most people have said she was the breadwinner in the family and she was always the breadwinner in the family and that her husband Jason worked as a volunteer fireman. If he did have another job, it wasn't ever mentioned. But Jason being a volunteer firefighter is an interesting detail, and I want you to remember that for later on in the story. For Kelly Sue and Jason, things were tough. They were having some marital troubles, but the details of which are sketchy. And when questions are asked later on about that, about their marital troubles, we have some different answers, some different versions of the story. On September 30th, Kelly Sue went to work at Rite Aid. She had a closing shift that day, and at 9.30 p.m., Kelly Sue and a co-worker locked up the store together. They said goodbye to each other in the parking lot, and they both drove off, likely each heading home for the night. At least, that's what was believed. Meanwhile, a few hours later, back at home, Jason was woken up by his father and he was woken up because the police were banging on the door and apparently it woke up the father, but not Jason. When Jason went downstairs to talk to the police, they told him that they wanted him to come with them because they found his car, Kelly Sue's car, a few blocks away and it was on fire. So Jason was confused at this point. Kelly Sue wasn't home. He knew she had the car. He didn't know what was going on. So he went with the officers to go check out the scene. And sure enough, there was his car, Kelly Sue's car, burnt. And it was burned beyond being able to recover anything from the car. But a quick search of the car itself And the entire area around the car turned up no Kelly Sue. They did determine that she was not in the vehicle. And the search for Kelly Sue was confusing. No one knew where to look. And of course, being that this happened in the middle of the night, no one saw anything. But a couple of neighbors did report saying that they thought they heard gunshots around midnight. In the days that followed, they did search the area around where the car was found. There was a nearby hiking trail, and someone found a pair of tan pants. And at first, it was thought that those were probably Kelly Sue's. That's what she wore to work at Rite Aid. But it was later revealed that they either couldn't tell if those were Kelly Sue's or they weren't hers. But I do find that weird I mean, you find all sorts of things sometimes on a trail, but a pair of pants? So what did happen to Kelly Sue after she left Rite Aid? I also think it's important to note that there is no CCTV footage of Rite Aid in the parking lot that night, because that could certainly help answer some questions. So she left Rite Aid But where did she go from there? Was her intent to go home or was she going somewhere else first? Did she ever make it home? 
I do have an interesting clip to play of an interview that Jason did with a news reporter just last year. He had been very quiet with the media up until that point. So it's a very interesting interview. And I think it will show you a lot about who Jason Ackernight is and a lot about his character. And a lot of his answers to the questions are very odd. Before I play that clip of that interview and we discuss the bizarreness of it, let's have a quick word from our first sponsor today, Movement and Meals. What's the number one reason people fail at their health and weight loss goals? They give up. Finding that motivation sometimes to keep going is the hardest part. For me, it's the daily decision-making, planning ahead. It's just exhausting. Plus, it's hard to think outside the box and come up with some new and different ideas instead of always having the same things over and over for dinner. This is where Movement and Meals comes in. Movement and Meals is a daily newsletter that provides you with an equipment-free workout that you can do at home or at the gym, as well as a recipe for a home-cooked dinner every weekday, all sent to your inbox every morning. No decisions, except maybe who has to do the dishes. Every weekday morning, you'll receive your email with your workout of the day and your delicious dinner recipe for that night with all the ingredients included. And because I know you're wondering, every Saturday morning, you'll receive an email with your shopping list for the next week's recipes so you can get stocked up and have everything you need on hand. You can try Movement and Meals for free for two weeks at movementandmeals.substack.com. I will have the link for you in our show notes. And after your two-week free trial, it's just $7 a month. That's 35 cents a day to outsource your healthy decision-making and free up your mental energy. Again, that's movementandmeals.substack.com. It costs nothing to give it a try, and it might just keep you consistent and on track in your health and wellness journey this year. In April of last year, Jerry Gretzinger, a news reporter in New York, was doing a segment on cold cases in the area. And one of the cases he was looking to feature was the case of Kelly Sue, and he was able to do a phone interview with Jason Ackernight. I think this definitely gives some insight into the mind of Jason Ackernight, at least from his point of view about what happened September 30th, 2008. Glad we're able to connect. I, I appreciate the time. Not a problem, my friend. Um, yes. And, you know, I'd spoken with the, the chief. I've done, done several interviews on, on the past, and certainly you're somebody who I wanted to speak to. Um, First of all, let me just ask you, going back uh, to that time, I know right after it, it was a difficult time for you, uh, because as often is the case, um, the spouse of someone who goes missing, everybody looks right at the husband or the wife and assumes that they must have had something to do with it. Talk to me about that experience. Well, what happened was, I was sound asleep with my daughter, and my parents had to wake me up because the cops come knocking on the door. early in the morning and uh, my stepfather come and woke me up and says is Kelly somebody I says no because I haven't seen her and I'm going to go what was going on 
they go, cops are here, they want to see you. So I get up, get dressed, go downstairs, and they says, your car's on fire down at Crack Hollow. I go, excuse me? So I uh, go with them, and uh, I uh, do what they asked me to do, and we go down there, and yep, that was my car. It was burnt to a crisp. Mm. And uh, when my daughter at that time, she wasn't even seven years old. And what do you tell a seven-year-old? I had to lie to her that day because she had to go to school. And when she come home, sat down, told her that her mother didn't come home from work and we don't know where she is. And uh, they uh, investigated me and I didn't have a thing to do with it. I was in the clear because I was sound asleep that night. And uh, Dave Gilbo and I were in contact for days on end. And then I had to go get her paycheck. And I noticed something strange, but I didn't put two and two together until years later that half her clothes were down at work. You said her shit clothes at work? Yeah. So a couple interesting things I want to point out before I finish playing the clip for you. The long pauses make me feel like he's not confident in what he's saying, and I found that interesting. Also, he was incorrect with his own daughter's age. He said she was seven. She was actually eight, and she was almost nine. She was a couple weeks away from her ninth birthday. And it also seems like he deflects questions quite a bit here, and maybe that's more prevalent in the next couple questions coming up but he never really answers the questions directly. Let's continue. Hmm. What what, what would be the the explanation for that? She was cheating on me with a co-worker. And... Do you think that had something to do with her, her disappearance then? Her... Yes. So so the chief, he, he kind of, when we were chatting, he said, you know, I, I actually just heard something new from Jason. And he alluded to something about a co-worker, um, that there might have been a plan that, that he wasn't, that he hadn't heard about before, he said. So is, is this the same thing? Yes. So so what's what's the story there? I mean, did you, is, is there more to it that you're aware of? Or... I'm just... From different people, I don't know their names or what, but I've heard from different people that she had an affair with a guy that she worked with. And when half her clothes missing and like this, 
that's what put two and two together. Okay, so my question about this is, the police chief told the news reporter that he just learned of this also from Jason or these other people. And Jason said he learned it from these other people, but he didn't know their names. And if Kelly Sue was having an affair with someone at Rite Aid, a coworker, uh, certainly we should be able to identify who that was. Rite Aid doesn't have that many employees. All police would need to do would be to find out who worked at Rite Aid and talk to them. Was there another Rite Aid worker that went missing at the same time? No one ever heard of anything like that. So that doesn't make sense to me at all. So I think it's interesting that that's Jason's story here, unless he just doesn't know what else could have happened. Maybe he's trying to reason with himself and figure out why Kelly Sue left him and Ashley and disappeared. Maybe he's just trying to make sense of this in his own head. I'd ask Chief about that. I'm sure this is something that they could verify if, uh, if there were clothes found or, or otherwise. Or... And at the time uh, when she disappeared, um, the, the, amount of, the amount of her clothes that were in the drawers, I mean, did you notice at the time that there was some missing? Or... Nope. And police, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's got records if they, if they went through and, and thought to, to look at that or not. But... Um, you know, let me, uh, if you don't mind, and these are kind of the tough questions to ask, but, you know, as I said, and you lived it, you know, I mean, immediately after this, people people looked at you, and they said, okay, what did Jason do? What did he have to do with this? So, I, if you don't mind, I'm just going to ask you straight out to answer the questions people had, and just, just answer as, as you would. Um, the first one, did you kill Kelly Sue Ackerman? I had nothing to do with it, not at all. And that was my next question. Did you have anything to do at all with her disappearance, or do you know what happened? I have no clue. So, I mean, I've had a couple of people said, I don't think he did it, but I think he knows. And you're saying you don't know anything about it? Nope. So here's, here's something, too. So how long were you guys married for? Well. Been long enough to have an eight-year-old daughter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you you knew her. I mean, I don't know exactly what your relationship was like. I know I know the chief said that there were there were other partners that were in and out of your lives over the years, but you had to know her pretty well. So with the knowledge you had of her, what's your gut telling you today? Is Kelly Sue alive and out there and decided to just disappear and start over, or do you think something happened? I think to her? she. I think she. Just took off uh, and started her life over again. So you don't think there was any foul play? You think she just decided she needed a, a restart? Yeah. What? Um. Let me let me ask you about your daughter. I mean, I spoke to her, uh, and it, uh, she was she was very well spoken uh, about you know her emotions of that day. But she said there is no perfect answer for her because it, either she finds out that mom was killed. Or she finds out that mom up and left and never came back for her. And I know, uh, I, I know, there's been some some strain, some stress in your relationship between the two of you. But what I mean, how how as a father would you, what message would you give to her to try to help her deal with wh- whatever the outcome would be? I talked to her a few times and I told her that uh, 
her mother and someone she worked with. They. So that's so that's part of the. So the other guy you talked about from Rite Aid, you're saying that uh, Kelly Sue and that person took the night deposit and disappeared together. Yeah. Huh. Any idea who that person was? Because I'm assuming there would be another individual who would you know has kind of disappeared. I have no clue. Uh. I have no clue who he was. So it's interesting there how he deflected that question and didn't really answer it regarding his daughter and instead turned the conversation to this story about someone at Rite Aid. So I know it's a fairly long interview, but I think it's pretty insightful as to hearing Jason's point of view. I'm really curious to know what you all think after hearing this interview. I'm not sure that it leaves me any more confident that he did or didn't have anything to do with Kelly Sue's disappearance. And before we discuss Jason in a little more detail, I want to preface this by saying that police have never identified or named him as a suspect. Many friends of Kelly Sue's and many people that knew her through work and through the school said they had suspicions regarding Jason. Some people were aware of some marital problems the two were having, and others pointed out Jason's really strange behavior afterwards. For example, he was overheard at a school event saying something to the effect of, I hope they don't find my wife. I have a girlfriend now. And another person said that she heard Jason say that he needed a new mom for his daughter. And all of this was overheard shortly after Kelly Sue disappeared. I mean, weird, right? But that doesn't mean he was responsible for Kelly Sue's sudden disappearance. And in most missing person cases, the spouse's or partner is always a person of interest and always scrutinized closely. So let's go back and talk about the car fire for a second. Remember, I mentioned earlier that Jason was a volunteer fireman for the town. Is that a coincidence? Some have thought that he might have knowledge of fires that others don't. And isn't it odd that Kelly Sue's car was found on fire? Not to mention, there was talk that Jason was pretty friendly with the town's law enforcement personnel, including police and fire. And what I also find odd is that Johnstown Police Chief David Gilbo has said that they don't suspect arson as a cause of the fire because the car had been having radiator problems. I'm definitely no car expert, but that seems to be quite a coincidence. The car randomly burst into flames at 1.53 in the morning, and the person who was known to be driving the car goes missing. So let's say Kelly Sue had car trouble and broke down. Wouldn't she just get out and walk home? She was only a few blocks away. And if that did happen, maybe she did have car trouble and started walking. Maybe someone tried to pick her up instead. Maybe she was abducted. And then the car just burst into flames. I don't know. I mean, the police chief certainly knows more than I do, but that's some bad luck right there. According to her file, it was noted that they believed that an extramarital affair was the reason for Kelly Sue's disappearance. And Jason did mention in that interview that 
Kelly Sue was having an affair with someone she worked with. But I have to think that would be easily verifiable. But specifics of that have never really been discussed publicly. Certainly there's a record of employees at Rite Aid. So it does appear that one of the main theories of Kelly Sue's disappearance is that she ran off with someone to start a new life somewhere. The problem with that, according to her family, is that she was way too devoted to her daughter, Ashley. And while they don't doubt that she would have left Jason, they don't believe for a second that she would abandon her daughter, especially leaving her with Jason. Ashley Ackernite was only eight years old at the time. Recently, during that same cold case spotlight that Jerry Gretzinger conducted last April, he was also able to interview Ashley Ackernite, who is now 21 years old. Take a listen to a clip from that interview. So, you know, we started before, and right. I'll kind of tailor my questions now to what we've already started okay. talking about, but um, 13 years ago, tell me, how old were you, and how, how did you first find out about what had happened? Yeah, so at the time I was eight. Uh, my ninth birthday was a couple weeks away. Um, I was laying in bed and I just remember waking up and there was a cop and my grandfather in my room. And I just remember like a cop shining a flashlight all over the place and I was like, what's going on? And my grandpa had said that the smoke alarm went off. So. They were just checking stuff out. And, you know, I was eight, so I didn't really understand. I was like, whatever, just went back to sleep for a little while. And I still heard stuff, and I woke up again. And I had, I remember my dad was searching through a filing cabinet. And I had asked him where my mom was because she wasn't home. And he said that she stayed late at work because... Apparently there was like a big boss coming in in the next couple days. So, you know, helping out with that or something. So I did not know anything. I did not find out until the afternoon of October 1st. Looking at it again the last 13 years, we talked a little bit before about your dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you were eight, you know, you had mom, you had dad. and, And now it seems like the way the last 13 years have played out, you know, whether it's because of what happened with mom or otherwise, you don't have dad in your life either at this point. Tell me about that. It's very... When something like that happens, you know, it stresses a family out. And, you know, something like that can either bring a family closer together or tear them apart. And... I, I just, I don't speak to my dad anymore. I'm not saying that I, you know, think he has something to do with my mom's disappearance, but that's just from personal, you know, wants. I just would rather not speak to him. Um, things happened in my childhood, like, you know, recent, like after my mom had disappeared, he started becoming more, you know, combative and not wanting, you know, my grandparents to take care of me. And I just, he, I 
had an order of protection put against him at one time because I was afraid he would try to harm me. You're not saying your dad had something to do with your mom's disappearance. Are you convinced he did not have something to do with her disappearance? I'm convinced that if he did, he didn't do it by himself. Ashley definitely seems like a well-spoken young woman who tragically didn't have her mother growing up and from the sound of it had a very tumultuous relationship with her dad. Another interesting thing that would happen in October of 2009, one year after Kelly Sue's disappearance, The family was holding a candlelight vigil for Kelly Sue when a man approached them and he had quite a tale to tell. He said that he knew through someone else that Kelly Sue had run away that night to get away from her husband. He claimed that someone approached Kelly Sue at work saying that they knew about her problems and they had a way out for her. This man gave her directions and a key to an abandoned camp that she could hide out at for a while. The instructions were that she would have to park and abandon her car after work in the middle of the night, then walk the trails to find her way to this abandoned camp. While the story does sound a little far-fetched or maybe even a little too much like a bad horror movie, the family did wonder if there might be some truth to it. The man they spoke to did identify himself, but he had quickly left afterwards and they had been unable to reach him for further details. But what really made them wonder is that shortly after Kelly Sue had disappeared, there was this small town that there were some alleged sightings of Kelly Sue and this town bordered this supposed abandoned camp. Was that just another weird coincidence in this story full of coincidences? When the sightings had come in, they were investigated, according to law enforcement, but they found no sign of Kelly Sue. They also allegedly checked out this camp or the area where the camp was, but also found nothing. One other fact that came up is the location of the car when it was on fire, was a place known as Frog Hollow. I couldn't find much out specifically about that area of town, so I'm curious if you are from that area, what is the story of Frog Hollow? It just seems such an ominous name. But this was the name of the area given where the car was found, and it was just a few blocks from Kelly Sue and Jason's home, and just a few doors down from where the car was found lived an uncle of Jason's. Now, I guess when families live in small towns, that probably doesn't mean anything. I just thought to mention it since it was so close to the car fire. And several people have said if Jason did do something, he couldn't have done it alone. Interesting. Before we look at the three different theories that have developed in Kelly Sue's case, let's have a quick word from our other sponsor today, Hydronique Hydration, while I myself go grab my own Hydronique beverage before we dive back in. 
In the midst of the pandemic, the founder of Hydronique Hydration, a frontline healthcare worker, started developing constant headaches. And a huge shout out to our frontline healthcare workers who continued to push through during that time. A research study published early during the pandemic showed that up to 81% of frontline healthcare workers developed new headaches, mainly because of their PPE, their personal protective equipment like face masks and face shields that they had to wear, which prevented them from eating and drinking properly while on the job. The founder looked for a healthy drink with all the necessary vitamins and minerals that would help them get through the day, something to help boost his hydration and energy and stop those headaches. But most powdered drinks on the market have a ton of sugar and caffeine. That's why he created Hydronique Hydration, sugar-free, keto-friendly, plant-based, antioxidant-rich, electrolyte powder packets for daily use containing all the essential vitamins and minerals with a refreshing taste. Their product also contains elderberry, which has immune-boosting properties for support during cold and flu season. Hydronique Hydration Electrolyte Powder Packets can also fit in your bag or suitcase when traveling. Remember traveling? Oh, those were the days. So if you are having trouble with eating and drinking healthy during your busy day in 2022, but want a sugar-free, keto-friendly vitamin drink, give Hydronique Hydration a try. There are 30 electrolyte powder packets in a pouch, which is perfect for a one-month supply. You can visit the website, www.hydroniquehydration.com. It's the word hydration and unique mashed together, www.hydroniquehydration.com. Or search for Hydronique Hydration on Amazon.com, where they are offering a $10 discount coupon at checkout for the next week. Link will be in our show notes, and we will share on social media for you as well. That's www.hydroniquehydration.com. Thank you to Hydronique Hydration for sponsoring this episode. So let's take a look at the main theories talked about in Kelly Sue's case. Theory number one. Kelly Sue ran off with someone that she was having an affair with, possibly this coworker at Rite Aid. But as I mentioned, this person has not been identified. Even many years later, Jason says he doesn't know who it was, but certainly Rite Aid knows. Maybe she was fearful of Jason and she had to get out. She had to get away from him. Perhaps there is some truth to the story that the man told the family at the candlelight vigil, but as such a devoted mother, would she ever leave her young daughter behind? And if she did, she likely didn't fear that Ashley was in any danger or she wouldn't have left her. I can't believe that she would have left Ashley based on what we know about Kelly Sue. Unless she was planning on coming back for her or sending for her somehow. Maybe that was the plan, it just didn't work out as it was supposed to. Theory number two. Kelly Sue had car trouble that night and someone stopped by to help her. Someone that either abducted her or harmed her. We do know that the car was having problems. But if this is the case, they definitely took her out of the area as no sign of her has ever been found. And then 
we have to wonder, was it someone that she possibly knew? Maybe this person she was having the affair with, if she indeed was, did something. Lord knows we've seen that happen before in cases of cheating spouses. The trouble I have with a stranger is we are talking about a small town in the middle of the night. Was this a crime of opportunity? Someone just happened to be driving by this little residential area of upstate New York? And also, regarding her car trouble, if it broke down and she did indeed leave it there, did that happen right after work? Remember, she left Rite Aid at 9.30 p.m., so the breakdown would have happened between 9.30 and 10 at night. So that means that the car sat there for a few hours before the fire was reported. Did she perhaps leave work and go somewhere else first and then was on her way home when something happened to the car? But no one has come forward to say if Kelly was with them that night or if they saw her anywhere. The car trouble story is interesting, and it's interesting that law enforcement believes that also. They don't think the car fire was arson. So maybe there is something to this theory. Theory number three, Jason had something to do with Kelly Sue's disappearance. I mean, he's never been officially named a suspect, but in addition to the spouse always being looked at guiltily in cases like these, Jason had some odd behavior too. Why was he going through a filing cabinet the night that Kelly Sue disappeared? And he told some people at the school shortly after Kelly Sue vanished that he hoped they didn't find her now because he had a girlfriend. Like, what does that even matter? If they did find her, he could certainly keep his girlfriend. He told someone shortly after that he needed to find a new mom for Ashley. That leads me to believe that he didn't think Kelly Sue was coming back. Ashley has also admitted that he had violent tendencies and she herself even had a restraining order against him at one point. Also, Jason seems to be the only one with knowledge of this right aid affair. Jason was also a firefighter and had connections in the town. And of course, knowledge of setting fires and how fires burn. And then there's the fact that Jason's uncle lived just a couple doors down from where the car was found. Now, none of these factors, of course, make Jason guilty of something or anything, but it sure is curious. And it's tragically sad that here we are, just over 13 years later, with no answers and no clues. And a young woman who still has no idea what happened to her mom that night back in September of 2008, when she herself was just eight years old. The media has had some mild interest in this case over the years. A big shout out to Jerry Gretzinger for conducting the interviews which originally aired on WNYT News Channel 13 in New York. There hasn't been much coverage of the case and certainly we hear very little, if at all, from Jason Ackernight. It's maddening to know that if something did happen to Kelly Sue, if someone did do something to her, that person is still walking free today. Clearly someone who needs to be behind bars before they hurt someone else. 
or let's even hope that they haven't hurt someone else in these 13 years that have already gone by. Law enforcement seems to chalk it up to a case of a mom who needed to start over. So while they do get occasional leads, in Kelly Sue's case, I wonder how active they are continuing their investigation for answers. I do think the answers are out there, perhaps with someone who even lives in Frog Hollow and might have seen something or might know something. Kelly Sue Ackernight was last seen on September 30th, 2008. She was 35 years old and would today be 49 years old. She is described as a Caucasian female, 5 foot 10 inches tall, and weighing around 135 pounds at the time she disappeared. She has brown hair and brown eyes. She usually wears eyeglasses, and at the time she had tan frames. She was also last known to be wearing a black shirt, tan slacks, a Rite Aid apron, new pink and white sneakers, earrings, and two necklaces with three diamonds on each. She also had a wedding band on her left hand. If you have any information on the whereabouts of Kelly Sue Ackernight, please contact the Johnstown Police Department at 518-736-4020. And a big thank you for listening to Kelly Sue's story today. A story that needs talked about more, much more. If you are interested in supporting our show further, please consider joining us over on Patreon. Our detective group there starts at just $3 a month. We will bring you some extra content and perks, and it helps us with our donations to our monthly charity partners. And of course, a huge thank you to our sponsors for supporting our mission as well. I encourage you to check out both Movement and Meals and Hydronique Hydration for your daily health and wellness needs. Links will be posted for you in the notes and over on social. Please share Kelly Sue's story any way that you can. Her daughter deserves some answers and it's been way too long. Someone knows something. We will be back again next week with another Unsolved Missing Person episode. And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.